Hey there, Caitlin here, real quick at the top of the show with a quick correction. Um, Elise and I both refer to Kevin Snow, who is the uh, one of the designers and writers on the game that we talked about, uh, The Silence Under Your Bed. Uh, we both accidentally used the wrong pronouns. Uh, we were using he, him, and Kevin actually uses they, them. I didn't realize that until I was editing. Uh, so just quick, sorry about that. Definitely goofed on that and just wanted to let folks know uh, Kevin does use they, them pronouns, so just keep that in mind. Uh, I know I will. So yeah, on with the show. Good day, everyone. This is Indie Mixtape, where we give you a monthly playlist of indie games. I'm your host, Caitlin, and you might have noticed that this introduction is a little different than normal. Uh, that's because Monty is on a very well-deserved vacation, so uh, I am flying solo today. But I do have a really cool guest, um, one writer and a uh, very cool person uh elise stanley is also here with me hi i'm I'm proud you got my name right <laughs> a lot of people mispronounce i it. as someone who is always has their last name pronounced wrong i try really hard to not fuck other people's up but mm. you know so it goes <laughs> um do you want to tell people who you are real quick elise before we get into our uh game chat Sure thing. Um, I am a freelance writer and somehow became weekend editor of Gizmodo recently, and I'm still processing that. <laughs> I, I do a lot of freelance writing on video games and tech and memes occasionally, Pornhub occasionally. <laughs> and it, it's fun. Oh, yeah. So uh, since it is spooky season, uh, Elise and I are going to be talking about indie horror games. And uh, so the first game that Elise and I both played for the podcast is a game called The Silence Under Your Bed, which was written by uh, Kevin Kevin Snow and uh, Cassandra Kaw. And uh, it's a visual novel about two kids telling scary stories to each other while they wait for a pizza to come. And uh, so, yeah, we're going to chat about it. What did, what did you think of it, Elise? First of all, I have a question. Kevin Snow, he's done other visual novels before hasn't he his name sounded familiar when i saw it i don't know if he's done other visual novels of his own i know he's like a narrative designer like he was just on pathologic 2 i think gotcha okay that's probably where i saw it um before i just saw the name and i was like he i think i followed yeah he's done he's a pretty like well-known narrative designer i don't know i think this was his first like solo well it wasn't solo because obviously like he worked with cassandra but I think that was, like, his first game that, like, was his game. I could be wrong, but. Gotcha. I, I really enjoyed it either way. <laughs> I, I thought the whole conceit of uh, scary stories, uh, two teenagers telling scary stories while they wait for pizza was, that hap- that has happened to me a lot at a lot of sleepovers, <laughs> so I, I thought it was a very cool setup that felt very natural. Yeah, I liked it a lot, too. I liked the fact that, too, so the way that the game works is, you have the two kids have a conversation and then um, you get to choose which one of them tells a story and like which story they tell. Um, And I liked like having the options and the fact that like the story is kind of related to their conversation. Like there's the ones that are about like the um, like the stories your parents tell you to teach you a lesson or something. Um, and there were like, there was like one about the one that I played through was about eating your peas. Um, and there was another one called like, it'll get stuck like that or something. Uh, I think I might've, was that the one with the neck? I think so. I didn't play that one. And the, the, but I I played, I played one that was about like 
cracking knuckles and they said he his neck if he cracked his neck it would get stuck like oh. that. <laughs> yeah the one i played was uh about a kid who hated eating vegetables so they started and so their their mom like got them to eat peas but they hated the peas so their mom just kept trying to make them eat peas so they like just started smuggling peas into their closet but then at night something like really scary in a scary voice would tell them to eat their peas i i i wish i had played that story because i actually hate peas <laughs> so i would have really related it would have felt vindicated <laughs> yeah like that sounds like something I'm, I'm i'm mad that i didn't think of that as a kid to, to smuggle them to my room. <laughs> yeah and so i feel like i feel like the game is cool because it like really captures that like being a 16 year old kid kind of vibe because the stories are funny and smart and well written um and there a lot of them are unique like one of them that i played through was a musical um oh i i think i did that was it the the girls in the yeah 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 that song got stuck yeah and that's priscilla snow she's a like a game composer and she fucking rules um but yeah, so it was cool that there was, like, it, it simultaneously managed to, like, be interesting storytelling devices while also still, like, capturing, like, yeah, these are just two teenagers kind of fucking around. Mm-hmm. And, and I love it when visual novels, uh, because they have such a limited interactivity and, you know, I guess elements they can play with, uh, in one of them that I played, it was talking about memories, and certain parts of the sentence would be kind of fuzzy, and then when you would click them, it would change and for the most part it was like really innocuous things and so it really made it feel like this kid was struggling or not struggling but like he was remembering the past but not in exact terms and then but then the horror element starts to come in and it's like you know i remember dad wearing a hawaiian shirt and then you click it it's like i remember him wearing jeans you click it he had long sharp fingernails (laughs) and it like starts becoming a demon um from your like you remembering that your dad's a demon and it was just really cool I, I thought that was a really cool way to use the you know just text and still make it very creepy yeah um did you find any of them that you played through to be like scary like were you like or like uncomfortable like did any of them like get you the one with the cracking uh it was this kid uh he cracked his knuckles and his neck and then his grandma said if you do that it'll stay that way kind of like you make a funny face it'll stay that way uh and every time he cracked his knuckles it would say crack and you could hear Ooh. it and i, I ugh, that, that that sound always like gets me but uh so you're hearing that uh it, it's very short so you're hearing that for a couple of minutes whenever he does it and then they go to visit his grandfather and he he says that he hasn't seen his grandfather since he was a kid and then they show a picture of the grandfather and he has this really deformed cracked neck because i guess it stayed that way and i was like that it, it didn't like super scare me but i was like oh that, that that was a good reveal yeah i feel like the sound design in this game is really good too because it just like it's very subtle but they really like nail those key sounds that are just gonna put you mm-hmm. on edge um i'm trying to think of all the 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 forest one with the girls made me a little bit unnerved um like reading through it while I was it was kind of weird because I was trying to read the story but also the lyrics to the song are on the same page so I was like trying and and they're kind of happening like next to each yeah other. so I it felt kind of disorienting which I think was kind of the point um 
and I was like kind of creeped out. Also, the first one that I played was um about frogs. Did you play that one? I did not play that one, but I'm interested because I I like frogs. Oh, this it's kind of sad. <laughs> So it's about this kid who, like, is really, really into frogs. Like, you know, those, like, childhood hyperfixations? Like, his is mm-hmm. frogs. The, the, and The horse girls, the dragon girls. Yeah, like, I'm still a dinosaur girl to this day. Um, <laughs> But they have, yeah, so this kid is, like, super into frogs, and they, like, collect them around their house and name them and stuff like that. And they had one that they really liked that had, like, a really long, elaborate name. And their cousin came over and, like, blew it up with firecrackers. And the kid is really upset about it and, like, tries to talk to their mom about it, but the mom, like, won't say anything about, the like, the cousin having done something bad, like, to the cousin or to their parents. So the kid just, like, stews on it and stews on it and has, like, dreams about his cousin dying and stuff. And then um, there's a hurricane and the... uh the the people refuse to leave and so after like the kid looks out and the only thing that they can see aside from the flooded street is like frogs everywhere and then um they find out after the storm that the cousin died in the storm and everybody says that it's uh that that he drowned but actually like the autopsy report reveals that he was like crushed from the inside so i guess the frogs like ganged up and murdered this kid revenge of the frogs yeah like it's it was silly but it was just like the way i feel like it really captured the way that kids can be really creepy um yeah i i would definitely agree with i I was thinking that when you were telling it because uh a couple of the ones i played they were very uh they were the kind of oh what's it called like the fears that don't make sense but are still kind of scary and you're not sure why you're afraid of it uh like there's this one where uh this car that this kid passed every day, he would imagine. Like, oh a yeah, monster, like, I saw that. Him. I read that one too. And that, that that's so typical of kids because I used to do stuff like that. Like you don't know why you think that painting's scary. It's just a notion, but it scares the shit. Yeah, I, I liked that one too because like it it was like the kid trying to tell other people about it, and the other person was like, "Yeah, I see it too. I don't know why you're like freaking out though." And it was like, "What?" Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was really cool. It was very. Uh, it it sounded like two teenagers telling stories to each other. Where, whereas in I think some games it'll be a kid or a teenager and then they start talking and it sounds like you know like some prolific writer and you're like oh okay I guess we're in the narrative part of this story yeah I think they did such a great job of capturing the kids voices especially because they kind of like distinguish between the two like you can kind of get a sense of their personality as they talk and I liked mm-hmm. that a lot especially because it is like it's a really short game it's like I think it took me like an hour to get through a playthrough yeah, I imagine if you try to see all the stories, it might take a little bit, but just going through once, uh, yeah, it didn't take me long at all. Yeah, because the game ends once the pizza shows up, so I think you play through, like, five stories? That sounds about right. Um, but yeah, so it's it's definitely, like, a short little spooky, spooky gem, um, especially in the music and stuff is really, really rad. What did you think of the art? I, I was about to say I really enjoyed the illustrations. They were kind of like Shell Silverstein mixed with uh, Jinji Ito-ish. Mm-hmm. And I liked how they would come out of nowhere. Not not so much like a jump scare, but uh, 
you know, they'd be there one second or they wouldn't be there one second and then they'd be there the next. But it was always at a very, like, it was at a very suspenseful point. So even if it wasn't like music wasn't blasting in your ears and the dun wasn't going on, it was still, a, you know, it still surprised you. Yeah. Yeah. I think the, the Shell Silverstein meets Junji Ito is a really, really good way of describing it. Um, it's, I feel, which would be awesome. Yeah, I, fe- I would buy that book. I feel like it does a good job, too, of, like, kind of showing, like, the awkwardness of that age when you look at the kids, but then also making, like, the stories look scary. Mm-hmm. Which I've never really seen a game do before, so I was like, wow, this is, like, really neat. Like, the, the one where they were scared of the car, at the end of it, the whole screen just becomes this really unsettling, uh, toothy smile. Mm-hmm. And then it kind of fades away. <laughs> and that's just your last impression of it. And it's just like, Whoa. yeah. And then uh, the one where the the son was remembering his dad that I was talking about mm-hmm. earlier. Um, he said that his dad had scratched himself out of all the family pictures. And then uh, he died in an accident one day. But there was this one VCR that you could see his face for a split second. And so he would, the son would watch it and then pause on certain frames to try to get a glimpse at it and when he finally does that's when you see the illustration of this like monster with long nails and just creepy and i thought that was really good uh like it was already suspenseful because you want to see you know what he looks like after all this hinting that he might be a demon yeah (laughs) and then you finally see him and it's like whoa yeah, it's it's really cool. I feel like every aspect of this is like done really well. I don't really have any like criticisms of it other than like some of the stories I feel like just didn't like vibe with me. Like like one of them that I read, I was like it was really short and I was kind of like, "Huh." Um, I don't even really remember what it was about. Um, but I think overall, like as an experience, it was like pretty stellar for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I had one that didn't really, I, I figured they were trying to say something, but I couldn't really figure out what it was. So I was just kind of confused. But it was cool because it was, uh, I, it was kind of like laying out the steps to a ritual, but online on like one of those like 90s, 2000s ish websites. Um, but it was, it was just very bizarre. <laughs> so yeah. I was having trouble, like cherry soda was involved and bodies. And I was like, I don't know what's happening. Yeah. One of the ones, cool, the I one guess. that was kind of off for me was it was like, um, on, I think it was called Bonesworth. And it was like, it was like an iPhone screen that was like talking about, about Bonesworth. And like, I couldn't, I didn't. I think it was, like, describing a monster and, like, asking if it was real or not, but it was really hard to tell, like, because they weren't text messages. They kind of looked like forum posts, but, like, on a screen. And mm. I just, yeah, I, I didn't, I didn't understand enough of it. And it was confusing to me. <laughs> and and I think when you are doing horror in text form, I think it, it's kind of hit or miss. It's like either you understand what they're going for or you don't, and it's just, the scare doesn't work. <laughs> but I think that's just kind of a shortcoming of having it all be text-based. Yeah, it's, I think it's, and sometimes too, like, yeah, like, I know sometimes I just, more, like, abstract ideas, like, I have a harder time with sometimes, um, especially if they're short, and, like, I don't really feel like I have a lot of room to, like, 
explore what was happening. Um, so I think it was just, I think that one just wasn't for me. But mm-hmm. overall, I still really liked it. Yep, normally when I read those kind of stories, I'm just like, this is said really prettily. I don't know what's happening, but I like <laughs> Yeah, it. that was me. I was like, this seems really neat. I don't get what's going on, but it seems good. It's cool. We spooky. <laughs> yeah, it definitely did give off spooky vibes, even though I didn't understand what was happening. So, like, kudos for that. Like, you still conveyed a tone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. All right. Um, did you have any other thoughts about Silence Under Your Bed before we move on? Uh, no, I don't think so. Okay, cool. Uh, so we're going to go ahead and go into our three games then. Um, do you want to go first, Elise, since you are the guest? Uh, sure. So my... <laughs> I, I realized after I picked them that I picked two visual novels. <laughs> so I was like, oh, we, we have a theme going on, <laughs> which is horror visual novels. <laughs> but the one that I picked that wasn't a visual novel also kind of isn't a horror game but it stars a ghost so i think that counts yeah that i think that's fair um it's called suppose symposium of grief uh and i want to say it came out late last year um but i came across it a couple of months ago uh and it's you play as this ghost uh who says he lost his heart he used to be a wholehearted ghost now he's just a sad lonely ghost (laughs) and he's trying to like process that grief but not in a very healthy way and so uh you can walk around town uh and visit your friends houses it's very the art isn't like undertale but it's a very undertale vibe of like just walking around talking to people uh you don't fight anyone or anything uh you you can go to your therapist and they offer advice (laughs) And and the whole game is just very tongue in cheek. Uh, like your your therapist at one point when you're trying to process this this loss of your relationship, uh, she's giving you advice on how to you know take positive steps in your life, and it just starts to turn to gibberish. Like the text turns to the gibberish, and then you get like this little RPG received wholesome suggestions. <laughs> And then as soon as you walk outside, uh, he throws them away and he's like, no, I'm, I'm, I'm going to win them back <laughs> instead of like processing this grief of losing them. Uh, and there's just like a lot of really great moments like that. Um, like you kind of go and do these RPG type quests where it's like, you want to get on this boat to, um, there's like an island where couples can reunite or something like that. Uh, so it's like, I want to go on this boat, but to do that, I have to give the boat keeper, I have to finish his Sudoku puzzle. (laughs) And so you're doing these like really specific RPG things to kind of distract you from your grief. And then at one point, uh, one of the people you do a quest for doesn't play ball. He's like, nah, I'm not going to give you the thing I promised. (laughs) And so (laughs) then you have to, uh, you realize how you've been distracting yourself this whole time and you actually, uh, have to like talk to your friends and talk through uh what you're feeling and the writing is just really really good like the the conversations between the friends they they don't always talk about substantial stuff but it's very it's in a way that feels very natural the how actual people talk oh yeah that sounds really cool and and it's 
um, all the music is very like 1930s, which I really appreciated because I love that kind of music, like jazzy. Yeah, that sounds dope. Um, all right. So my uh next game or my first game, not my next game. Um, my first game is it's technically like kind of multiple games, but um, it's called Midnight Scenes. And so there's like, there are these tiny little snippet games. They're like vignettes and there's only two out right now, but they're like, they're kind of part of a collection. Um, and so they're, they're made by, uh, Octavi Navarro, who, uh, is like one of the artists on Thimbleweed Park. And, um, it's, each one is kind of like a mini episode of the Twilight Zone kind of. And, um... Mm you they're like point and click adventure games both of them so far um and the first one is a lady whose uh like car gets uh broken down and so she like has to stop at this house to try and uh like find a phone or something and it's uh really creepy um and like i won't i won't get too far into it because i don't want to spoil it but like yeah it's just very creepy and you like walk around the house trying to figure out like what happened and you know how to get out of there um since your car is all broken um and then the other one is uh i'm trying to look it up because i haven't played the other one in a minute um i love these kind of shorter horror games because i feel like especially when it's like more text-based or simpler than if you try to go for some long story then i don't know you just at least for me i kind of lose interest in it so i I like how these are like little vignettes because i think those can be you know they just kind of deliver the scare and then get out like they're done yeah it's um it's really cool especially because it it absolutely captures the vibe of a twilight zone episode because they are really really short i think I think the first one took me like half an hour to get through. Um which is like what a TV spot is like. And um it's really just like nice and interesting to have such a bite-sized little thing that still tells a complete story. Um mm-hmm. but the second one is about um a a weird creepy artifact of unknown origin that uh obviously things go terribly awry with on a plane because why wouldn't they yeah as, as yeah um and yeah it's just they're both like bite-sized little experiences that are like not super super creepy but like or they're not like scary scary but they definitely have like a really atmospheric horror to them where like you just feel really uncomfortable the whole time um and the endings of both that's, that's my favorite kind yeah of that's the kind of horror that usually gets me the most um and the both of them have like really good like just tight narratives that i feel like really work well and capture exactly what they're going for and the art is all like cool black and white like noir pixel art and it's just like really dope that's awesome uh, so what's your next game elise uh, so my next game is a visual novel called Perfectly Ordinary Ghosts, uh, also about <laughs> ghosts, uh, and it's 
it's one of those where like there's a lot of metaphors so like if you aren't fully like getting what's going on then it may not be scary uh but it's just about this woman walking around this house uh looking at um like objects and rooms that she has memories about because she used to live there and it's like the whole premise is that when you stay in a place long enough like a part of you stays there and then that eventually over time becomes uh like a legend or folklore or, or a haunted place like she she cites this one or the writer cites this one philosopher and i wrote down the quote because i was like that's that's it um who says uh, when we map these memories to the spaces around us they get defined by what is absent go on long for long enough we see these memories turn into legends and folklore and haunted places and so like she looks in the mirror and she remembers how like she would go to the bathroom late at night and she'd see something out of the corner of her eye and she's too scared to see what it was uh but the the whole thing also kind of reads as like because it's kind of set in this like victorian era that uh it's kind of like sad because like back then women didn't have as much autonomy and so a lot of it is like her whole life was in this house (laughs) and I just thought that was really cool that it's like her whole life was in this house and even though she you know may have all these regrets about the life she didn't get to live she's still haunting uh where she spent all her time and so it, it was very much like a I don't even I guess like a metaphoric horror mm-hmm. or something like that, but I really enjoyed it. Yeah, that sounds really neat. I like I like interesting takes on like haunting stuff. Mm-hmm. That that's what I thought was the coolest part because there was a couple of uh, the normal horror you would expect, like uh, she heard like a tapping at the window. But then when she remembers it further, then it's just like a moth flapping its wings against the window. Uh, and it, I love when you're not sure if the the big scary thing is real or just in their mind or, you know, what's going on. Like you're, you're kind of in that limbo. And, and that's my favorite kind of horror story. Yeah, that sounds really neat. Um, my next game is called uh, Us Lovely Corpses. And it's also a visual novel. And it is about two girls. One of them's name is Marisol, and uh, she is cursed to have this weird monster that lives in her house, like that kidnaps her, um, just kind of at random. And then it takes over her whole house and like fills it with uh roses, and then holds her hostage in the attic of the house. And uh, this other girl, Alejandra, is a witch apprentice who uh, is, like, learning how to deal with this situation. And so you play as Alejandra during her, like, first attempt at getting rid of the monster by herself. Um, And it's cool. You, like, explore the different rooms in the house and... There's all these roses everywhere and the different colored roses mean like different things. And so when you're walking around like investigating um, different like rooms and stuff, the different roses in there can kind of offer like 
ideas or premonitions or clues about like what's going to happen based on their color um and then so if you if you mess up or you pick the wrong thing um or you don't like pay attention to the color of the roses you can like fuck up and die before you save uh, marisol um so it's like kind of puzzly but like not super hard um uh, what way do you do you die does like the monster yeah Gotcha. Yeah, okay. and there's like so there's kind of a content warning on this because like parts of the rooms that you go into there there's like a lot of like oh here's like very creepy dead bodies and like also there's um like a lot of stuff about like parental neglect and stuff like that um but it's really cute it's also like like the art style is like cute it's not really it manages to be cute and creepy at once I don't really know how they did that but they did um and the story is really interesting it is like about mental health but they do it in a way that's like actually good as opposed to like the horror tropes of like oh crazy people are dangerous and like all this shit um Mm -hmm. where it's actually more like oh like you know there's there is something going on with like someone's mental health but like that doesn't make them crazy it doesn't make them dangerous like whatever um and it's neat. It's a neat little game. I really enjoy these kind of like realistic scares mm-hmm. where it's like it doesn't even have to be a monster to be, you know, it's cliche, but like the demons are in your head. They're already inside. you. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's really and it's cool because like, too, it's kind of it's like a romance game also, technically. Um, And they kind of frame it as like a damsel in distress being saved by the hero, but like gay, which I'm always here for um absolutely as soon as as soon as i find out a character's gay i'm like well now i'm interested in this whereas before i was not (laughs) definitely definitely 10 out of 10 recommend if you're looking for gay shit (laughs) uh what is your what is your last game elise uh my last one is a little old i want to say it's from like 2008 or something 2010 or something uh but it's called the uncle who worked for nintendo (laughs) also yeah also a visual novel um and it's one of those that plays off of the weird specific fears that that kids have uh so it's all set at a sleepover you go to this kid's house and you do the normal sleepover things you eat pizza watch movies and then he shows you his video game console collection and um and this is all set back in like you know probably mid 90s uh so when he's looking at the councils he sees stuff like the gamecube and the wii and like stuff that you as the reader know is not you know that's on the that's way on the horizon at that point uh and he says he got it from his uncle who worked at nintendo which is at least i know something uh kids on the playgrounds i was (laughs) when i was a kid whenever they had something cool they'd be like i got to play the new the new zelda before everybody because my uncle works at nintendo (laughs) Um, so it's kind of playing on that uh, playground superstition or, you know, bragging. And then uh, he tells you you can meet his uncle. And it turns out to be a very scary thing. Oh. <laughs> Without spoiling it, it uh, it's like sacrificing is involved and uh, it gets very meta. Um, there's like multiple endings and they rely on you 
remembering the previous endings so that you could not repeat the same mistakes and then the game even references that so it's this very simple concept that uh goes off the rails really quickly in a really scary way because even though it's it's a visual novel and it's just uh you know the words and the pictures it, it like because it's so meta whenever the uncle is involved it's almost like uh your computer is breaking down and so there's like little you know it's like error codes and stuff like that and with combined with the music just makes like a really it, it makes it, it makes for a good like atmospheric scare like that sounds really cool i feel like i've heard who who wrote that i feel like i've heard of it before that's a good question it's one that i like to like whenever halloween comes around i always like hmm, i think i want to go play that again it's by z tool z t u l okay I think I've seen I think I've seen them on itch. Um but hell yeah, I need to play that. That sounds really cool. Yeah, it's really fun and it, it just a lot of the beginning before the scary stuff starts happening reminded me of uh sleepovers when I was growing up. And so you kinda it kinda puts you in that mindset and just like imagining like, oh, what if this had happened to me? Like what would I have chosen? <laughs> And, you know, because you're a kid, it's like, oh, well, I would totally choose, like, he gives out free Nintendo stuff. I'm like, get that. And then it's like, you thought. <laughs> yeah, that sounds awesome. I need to I need to play that before the month is over. Add it to my my ever growing list of games. Mm-hmm. Um, so my last game is going to be uh, We Know the Devil, which is another visual novel. Um. And it's by Worst Girl Games. Uh, it was their first game that they put out. Uh, folks might be familiar with their other game uh, that they put out last year called Heaven Will Be Mine. We talked about it on the show a couple months ago. Um, and so We Know the Devil is... Uh, they describe it as a group relationship horror no- visual novel. Um, and it's about these three teenagers who are all at Bible camp together. And they're at their last week of Bible camp and they have to, um, they have to kill the devil, uh, essentially. (laughs) Um, and they're left in a cabin alone for a night and like expected to deal with the devil. And it's really interesting because you can't like, the game is never explicit about whether or not the devil is like literally there or not. Um, they, but it's also not it's also not um like oh it's all in their heads it's kind of more of like a is this metaphoric or is this like like actually these 16 year olds are expected to fight satan um and you never really find out um and it's mostly just kind of playing on like the relationship between the three characters and their relationship with like their religion and the authority figures around them and um you know what they think of each other and themselves um and it's really interesting and like for each scenario that you go through you get to choose like which two characters are together um and which ones are like separate and then also to like i think at one point they have like moonshine essentially they have some kind of um alcohol and you get to decide like oh do you drink it or do you not and 
it all kind of impacts like what happens in the story and it's just like really interesting and meta um and i really like mia's um mia schwartz's illustrations they're all like kind of sketchy uh they look like like grayscale pencil drawings and they're just like really cool and emotive they look a lot like I mean, they're the originator of the Heaven Will Be Mine art, but they're all in black and white instead of the fun colors. And it just like really adds to the atmosphere of everything being kind of creepy. And like all the backgrounds were taken, they're real pictures that were taken with disposable cameras. So it it adds to like the camp, like I know what you did last summer kind of vibes. Um, mm, like, like the Blair Witch Project. Yeah, it's creepy. really cool. Um, and I imagine the writing was really well, uh, like really well done, because I played Heaven Will Be Mine, and that writing like hit me over the head. It was so yeah, good. and this one's a little like I mean, obviously Heaven Will Be Mine is meta too, but I feel like this one is even more so. Like it, it's more of a like like quote unquote like everyday situation, right? Of like oh, teens at Bible camp versus like a a far flung future that is actually the 1980s, where like people have mechs and stuff like this is kind of more like quote-unquote normal seeming but the storytelling itself is a little bit less um concrete does it get at any point into because it is bible camp and they're you know gay does it get into any of those themes about like struggling with that growing yeah up? it gets into like a lot of um it's a lot of like making fun of the um they have like a bible camp counselor and it's a lot of, like, making fun of him and, like, a lot of jokes about, like, them being queer and there's, like, nothing that they can do about it. And a lot of the, like, conversations kind of allude to, like, those struggles and, like, those feelings without, like, actually talking about it. But um, there's a, yeah, there's a lot about, like, religion and existing in general and, like, how you identify. I mean, existence is pretty scary just especially when you're a kid it's like what yeah what am i yeah and i think they do a good job of like just showing like a lot of like that teenage uncertainty especially because like the characters all kind of like have you can have the option to like flirt with characters and like there's like implied kind of relationship dynamics there and it's not like a dating sim per se but you could they do a good job of capturing the whole like Clearly, these two like each other, but they, like, don't really know how to approach it. And, like, how does that unfold? And how do you deal with that? Do they ever beat the devil? I don't know. I got to the ending of that game and I was like, I still don't know what happened. I think, I think they lived, but I don't know if they actually fought the devil or not. The devil was inside them the whole time. I think that actually is kind of what it is. <laughs> That's what I was kind of getting the impression just with like, you know, growing up queer and like going to sleepovers and stuff like that. Like I was like, this sounds like the kind of internal like wrestling, <laughs> but like uh, as a metaphor of like an actual devil you're fighting. Yeah. Well, and it's weird because like they, they really, really kind of blur the lines on it because the like, the Bible camp counselor and, like, the other, like, shitty suck-up kids that you talk to, like, they all mention the devil, like, as if it's, like, a real thing. Um, And there's other things that kind of allude to, like, 
kids have been sent to this cabin and not come back and stuff like that. So they really, really, like, toe the line of, like, not making it explicit of whether or not this is, like, true, like, demon fighting or if it's just, like, metaphorical facing your demons. I I love it when, especially horror stories are like that, like, kids, the side characters are just like, oh, yeah, that's where the devil is. And no one ever questions Yeah, (laughs) You're just like, oh, okay, I guess... They're fighting the devil. Yeah, well, and it adds, like, another element of creepiness to it in that, like, because this game's not, like, that scary. It's just kind of, like, stressful. Um, And I feel like it adds a lot to that tone just because people will say, like, oh, yeah, like, you're not gonna, like, I don't remember if they say this stuff, like, you're not coming back or whatever, but, like, oh, like, you guys are going to go fight the devil. Like, you're fucked, essentially. And so, like, it makes it creepier because, like, am I gonna go fight the devil? Is that actually what's happening? Because, like, everyone's like, oh, yeah, if you go to that cabin, it'd be the same thing if they were like, if you go to get that cabin, it explodes in the night. Good night. Like, <laughs> yeah, and they, too, like, they make what? it seem like it's, like, a punishment, too. Like, 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 like kids who don't, like, do well enough or who, like, are, are seen to be kind of at the bottom of the barrel are the ones who get, like, sent to this cabin to, like, deal with the devil at night. And it's like, Jesus Christ. And I feel like that also plays into the whole child mindset because you know when you're a kid it's like oh don't go down there that's haunted yeah <laughs> and, and no one has to prove it to you you're just like oh okay that's yeah you're like yeah there. fair that makes sense everyone says it yeah um so i think i think we done did a show um elise where can people find you and your and your good work uh they can find me on twitter at Pythialise, which I will spell out for you because those are two words that I could see I could see other people misspelling really <laughs> easily. It's a p p i t h y, and then Elise is a l y s e. Nice. Um, and do you have any other like projects or stuff you want to plug? Uh, check out Gizmodo on the weekends to see my awesome headlines. Hell yeah, Elise has really good headlines. <laughs> Like this last weekend, um, I was like, Twitch is starting a, to test a, a movie streaming thing. And I was like, now I can stream to the viewers I don't have. <laughs> <laughs> no one else works on the weekends. So I'm like, I'm going to be as crazy as I want to. <laughs> you have all the power. I have the power. Um, all right. And you can find me um, at CG on Twitter. You can find me on Twitter. There we go at CG and eight R's and you can find Monty at fried Monty on Instagram and Twitter. And, uh, indie mixtape is a product of uppercut, which you can find on all social media at uppercut crit and uppercutcrit.com. Uh, if you'd like to chat with us and our various friends, make sure you join our discord server. The link will be in our show notes and please don't forget to rate and review us. It helps us out tons and we would really, really appreciate it. Um, but yeah, that's gonna do it. Bye! Bye.
Welcome to Very Random Encounters, where we play tabletop RPGs and randomly determine as much as possible. Remember playing with Legos and swapping the people's heads and limbs to create horrid abominations that God forgot? Our show is what it would be like if those rejected attempts at the human form had to go out and save the day. We turn the nonsense into a story with a nice message, like how friendship is stronger than a mind-controlled goblin jazz band. Hey, that's a thing that really happened. Find Very Random Encounters wherever you randomly determine to listen to podcasts.